This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... This episode of Crucial Tech is sponsored by the International Cyber Expo being held in London, the United Kingdom, from September 27th to the 28th. This is one of the more important educational events in cybersecurity with more than 100 exhibitors, 5,000 buyers, and Europe's most influential experts. Go to www.internationalcyberexpo.com for more information. Welcome back to Crucial Tech. I'm your host, Lou Covey. And uh, today we're going to address an issue that keeps coming to my mind over the years when we're talking about a technology. And that question is, why are we even doing this? And in this particular case, we're talking about quantum computing. Uh, There's so much about technology over the past 50 years that somebody an engineer comes up with an idea to do something and they said let's go ahead and do this let's get money to finance it without any real particular purpose for it overall and or at least very little thought going into what it's supposed to be for and quantum computing is one of those Um, another one is blockchain Uh, and cryptocurrency it's, it's offshoot Uh, There's lots of things that happened that probably shouldn't have happened, or at least should have been given more forethought. I mean, the internet itself is problematic. Uh, It it was originally developed to be a collaborative tool for scientists and engineers to work together on making the world a better place. And then comes along things like Web 2.0 and Facebook, which turned it into an advertising platform and has all kinds of problems associated with that. So uh, when I got uh, a pitch from a PR firm uh, for a company called Classic, spelled C-L-A-S-S-I-Q, which is a company dedicated to protecting uh, quantum computing intellectual property. Okay, well, that's going to be absolutely necessary in the world uh, coming forward if you're going to have quantum computing you need to protect the IP. So it was nice being able to find somebody who supported a particular uh, product who was also thinking about the problem in advance. So the nice PR folks uh, representing Classic uh, set me up with a gentleman by the name of Eric Garcel, who is the technical marketing manager for Classic. And we had a lovely conversation. So we'll go to that right now. So, Eric, thanks for joining us today. And uh, for the folks who are listening and who can't see this, Eric has the greatest handlebar mustache you might have ever seen. Put a lot of work into that thing, and I truly appreciate it. So, Eric, thank you for joining us. <clears throat> and here is uh, the question that I kind of like from the pitch I got from your PR folks. 
when is the right time to adopt quantum computing and why? We hear a lot about quantum computing. Yeah. But the only thing we really hear about it is how it's going to be used to break our encryptions and steal our, and for nation states to steal data. And that tells me that maybe it's not such a good idea to have quantum computing. So yeah. let's start off with the, why would we even want to do quantum computing? Absolutely. Um, so the, the cool thing about quantum computing is it's an enabling technology, right? Enable to do what? <laughs> exactly. So uh, uh, one of the first thoughts around quantum computing, why it got popularized in the first place and people started doing research on it was to simulate nature, right? At its fundamental core, nature doesn't act classically, right? When you boil it down, it right. acts quantum mechanically. Right. So to simulate nature to its most accurate, you can't do that on a classical computer. It takes too much processing power. It just so happens that a quantum computer is the best type of system to simulate a quantum system, nature. Right. So this has tremendous applications for pharmaceutical development, healthcare, right? Uh, I can see a future state where, you know, pharmaceutical scientists are doing more work on quantum computers than they are in the lab. Because right now it is trial and error experiments, right? Because it takes too much computing power to simulate, you know, how does a molecule interact with uh, another molecule? How do, how would this drug interact with a protein? Uh, that takes too much computing power to simulate accurately. So right. there's a lot of trial and error going on. And to be able to simulate this and have correct answers is going to speed up pharmaceutical, uh, pharmaceutical development. And, you know, hopefully things like, you know, the COVID vaccine, you know, future pandemics can be solved quite rapidly instead. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the pharmaceutical side, right? Kind of the, the core of quantum computing came about, right, to simulate nature. Um, but there's a number of algorithms that quantum computers can utilize that have been found to be tremendous speedups over what a classical computer can do. And again, that's going to enable a number of different industries and technologies. Um, one of them is, unfortunately, breaking uh, encryption and very specifically, right, this RSA type of encryption. It's not going to break all encryption ever. Um, but it so happens that quantum computers are really good at uh, factorization. So prime number factorization uh, shouldn't be used probably, uh, you know, after 10 years from now. Nobody should be using that because quantum computers can break that. Right. Um, so that's the, the security side and what's called Shor's algorithm. Um, but there's another other algorithms, right? Grober's algorithm is really good for um, going through large amounts of data sets. And there's other algorithms that are really good for um, machine learning, right? This AI concept, as well as, um, gosh, a, a whole host of algorithms. But um, kind of the, the core applications always stem up from these algorithms that it's based, right? Shor's algorithm breaks encryption. Grover's algorithm allows you to go through large amounts of data quickly. Um, there is things called a Q, QAOA. I'm getting that one wrong, probably. But there's a optimization algorithms that will allow for uh, things like routing of trucks much more optimally, right? How do you optimize uh, any given system, right? How do you do this for portfolio asset, you know, uh, uh, optimization, right? So there's so, there's so in, other word, in other words, you know, we're already 
doing uh, securities trading in, in nanoseconds. Yeah. So what we're what, so we're going to even speed that up with quantum computing, right? Oh gosh, yes, absolutely. Uh, which which has caused all kinds of havoc on Wall Street as it is, where with people overvaluing uh, overvaluing uh, stuff and making money for people who already have money, so that the rest of us can't get it. So yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea either. Um, let's listen there's one question i've been asking and no one's actually been able to get, give me a straight answer okay. on this yeah we're all getting excited about the metaverse well lots of people are getting excited about the metaverse i'm not um i'm one of those guys saying you know why but i was talking with lucky palmer a few years ago at, at a, a, a group dinner and yeah i let him know i was a journalist and he still talked to me anyway and he said flat out that it, and this was just after facebook had bought uh oculus mm -hmm. and he said it's going to take 20 years before we have the server power necessary to make virtual reality a thing Okay, so we're 20 years away from ever ha you know from that point of having the metaverse no matter what uh, Mark Zuckerberg wants to do, we just don't have the computing power. And in order to do that, we need, he said, we'll need an order of magnitude more server farms just to handle the computing necessary to run virtual reality. Mm -hmm. Is quantum computing going to help with that? That's an interesting question. Now there's, how do I say this? Quantum computing can't do everything, right? Yeah. There's certain things quantum computing uh, is more powerful than classical computers for, right? Like I talked about Grover's algorithm for, for speeding up certain kinds of calculations, uh, right? The Shor's algorithm, uh, but we're never going to make a Zoom call over a quantum computer, right? Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, what a program is going to see, right? What once once the whole you know infrastructure, right? Once the quantum stack gets finalized and and streamlined. Uh, a developer is going to see a new type of processing unit, right? We have CPUs, we have GPUs, we have TPUs, and a programmer right now sends different data packets to the processing unit that's most efficient for that, right? If it's something graphical, I'm going to send it to the GPU. If it's something, uh, you know, I'm going to send it to the CPU and whatnot. Um, and in the future, we're going to have QPUs. So there's certain types of data that we're going to send to a QPU, return back, and you know, uh, use in this way. So uh, Quantum computing is going to be a hybrid computing environment in the same way that CPUs and GPUs play together. Okay. Um, it's just going to be an extra component that's going to enable certain things to be much faster and much more efficient. So I can absolutely see quantum computers being used as part of the metaverse, but certainly it's not the answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's interesting to me about this is that we have got entire industries forming to deal with the issue of quantum computing. Yeah. And no one has actually actually come up with a commercialized version of a quantum computer. China hasn't done it. Google hasn't done it. Nobody's done it yet. But what encourages me is that, you know, the whole thing about technology is that we'll build it first and then we'll fix it later. Mm -hmm. And you know we've got an entire industry on post-quantum computing encryption now. 
Yeah, they're they're having they have their own trade shows now. Yeah, we're, we're getting invited to the to, we've got invitations to three of them already just in the next three months. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they're building tools in order to to, to protect against quantum attacks mm -hmm. even before they're there. And that's that's a good thing. We're actually solving a problem before it's here. But how long is it going to be before we actually have to worry about this? How long is it going to be before you at classic? Is it classic or classic? Classic. Classic. OK. Um, how long is it going to be before you're actually making money at what you do. I mean, how many companies are actually saying, yeah, we got to protect our IP, you know? I mean, there's a number of quantum computing companies that have already reached IPO. So that is happening. Um, but as far as this this quantum decryption encryption bit that you're, you're kind of, I guess, more interested on here, there's two sides to this conversation, right? There's the side of the conversation that's, uh, quantum's ability to decrypt or break current encryption methods. Mm -hmm. And there's quantum computing's ability to encrypt, right? Okay. And make further security protocols. But um, kind of the, the one that's getting politicized and getting a lot of attention right now is quantum computing's ability to break RSA. And uh, like you said, right, we're fixing it before it's here and rare do we ever get the chance to see a, a security threat this far out in advance and be able to solve it. Yeah. Right. So this is uh, this is a fabulous place to be. Right. It's not like somebody came up with a, uh RSA, you know, algorithm that's going to break it today. We would all be scrambling. We see this yeah. coming in the future and we could start doing things about it. Um, and I, I've read a couple of your articles and, and uh, a couple of things really resonated with me. Right. It's it's about how worried you should be about this is about how long your data is useful for. Mm -hmm. Right. So quantum computing is going to be powerful enough to break RSA in a reasonable amount of time in the next decade. Um, right? McKinsey's reporting on this, Gartner, right? You, you can read these reports. Um, and IBM is a great litmus test for how quickly the industry is going. So it's definitely going in that trajectory. Now, if your data is useful for more than 10 years, you should start worrying about it, right? You should start worrying about that data because it's a uh, bad actors are doing this uh, take now, decrypt later, you know, uh, tactic. Mm -hmm. So if someone takes your data today, they can't break it today, but they will be able to break it in the next 10 years. And that's okay. the worry that's going on. Okay. So, you know, government facilities are, are starting to become worried, which is why we're seeing things like the CHIPS Act come out. Um, you know, things like, uh, I believe Biden uh, put out a, uh, some, some kind of memorandum asking, government agencies to start cataloging. What are the security protocols we're using today? Start listing them out and then we'll go ahead and solve that. NIST is starting to come up with new protocols for um, not using RSA, right? Other encryption forms, classical encryption forms, right? Yeah. You don't need a quantum solution to uh, quantum's computing, uh, quantum computing's ability to break RSA. Okay. Um, so it's just finding a different protocol that both classical computers and quantum computers are bad at solving. Mm -hmm. We just have to find that Venn diagram, right? Um, so once that's identified and the standards get set, um, everybody should go ahead and follow that, absolutely. And if your data is not gonna be useful in the next five years, I wouldn't worry too much, right? Yeah. But if you are in healthcare, if you're a government contractor, 
I would start looking at current algorithms that don't use RSA, start moving to those, right? Catalog, what are your current security protocols, right? Um, you know, which of your programs, which what of your infrastructure uses certain uh, encryption forms and are they vulnerable to quantum? So start looking at that today, cataloging it and start to transfer. Okay. So yeah, the second part of the question was, uh, and you answered it sort of a little earlier, that you do have companies that are for customers mm -hmm. uh, that are developing quantum computing products. Are they developing quantum computers? There are companies developing quantum computers. Well, I mean, among that... among your your uh, your clients, I'm talking about. Oh, among our clients, our clients, uh, the ones who develop quantum computers, we tend to partner with more than okay. uh, uh, sell to. Now, uh, and you know, that's a great partnership. We're software, they're hardware. You need software to program a quantum computer, and quantum software without the computer is useless. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our clients tend to be uh, those in the industry seeing things happening in the next 10 years, right? They can see this forecast, and like computers coming up, they want to be at the forefront of this to take advantage of the technology when it arrives. Because it, okay. it's not going to be a fast learning curve to pick this skill up, yeah. which is why companies are starting to investigate it now starting to ask those questions. Which which problems in my business unit can quantum computing uh, make better? Can we get business value out of it? When will we get business value out of it? And will my personnel be trained when that arrives so I can have a competitive you know advantage over my competitors? Okay. Are you working with China at all? No. Okay. How about Google? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no. Uh, Asterisk on that one. I need to take a quick look. I know we're working with IBM, Amazon. Hmm. Google, I need to look into. I think okay. we are, but that's. Uh... Well, I think it would be stupid on Google's part not to. So that's. Well, just... I'd love it. If, if we're not, then Google, please uh, come talk to us. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, see, but... we'll see what happens after this, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, okay. I, know, I know we're partnered with uh, most of the major hardware vendors right now. Okay. Right. IBM has hardware and we're working with them. Amazon has hardware and we're working with them. Right. We're working with a bunch of companies. Uh, you know, we we have close relations with Cold Quanta and a bunch of other hardware vendors. Um, and then we're we're in a very nice place in the quantum industry where everyone's talking nicely with each other, right? Yeah. We're not competing yet. So it's a very friendly atmosphere. Um, I'm sure people have their trade secrets, but we're all, you know, learning from each other. And it's a okay. great environment. Um but right now you can go on Amazon, you know, web services that have a service called Amazon Bracket and start using a quantum computer. You can Holy start crap. paying for quantum computing services today. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> IBM has free simulators you can use and uh, very, very small quantum computers that you can use for free. You can create an account, start programming on actual quantum hardware today. And that's some really cool stuff, right? It's not science fiction. It's not ethereal anymore, right? It used to be oh, quantum's cool and you see it in sci-fi and now you can actually use a quantum computer right now. I can I can create a new account in 10 minutes and start using one. Okay. Um, let's do a comparison. Yeah. A quantum computing technology to cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. um, the argument in favor of cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized and it... Uh, 
it's decentralized and it's um, well poor countries can use it for um, yeah, yeah like El Salvador and which has been an absolute disaster but it's really helping the criminal world you know uh, steal and transfer money so essentially all of the benefits of cryptocurrency have not yet appeared and all the downsides have filled up the news pages are we anywhere is that anywhere like what's going on with quantum computing i mean it, like i said we started out this discussion about the issue of nation states decrypting classified files of, of their enemies um and that's all we hear and this has been a great conversation and that we have learn some other things. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I finally got an answer to my question about quantum computing and the metaverse, which are two different things. Uh, so it sounds like quantum computing actually may have some good applications and nobody's really screwed it up yet. Uh, but which do you think will come first, the screw up or the, the benefits? Um, I would say the benefits, honestly, right? Uh, taking a look at the trajectory of the technology and what's going to hit first. Mm -hmm. We're going to see benefits before we start seeing major issues from technology right now. Any technology can be used by bad actors, right? That's like saying that only only good people use computers. Well, of course, computers are also helping, you know, bad enterprises and, and individuals. But um, any advance in technology can be used for good and for ill. Okay. It's, it's up to the user on how they use it. And, you know, we try and set up regulations to curb that kind of behavior, right? There's laws, but not everything can be stopped. Does that mean we should have never developed the computer in the first place? Right? I Sometimes can say that. I think so. <laughs> I, I think computers have done more good than bad. I'll say yeah. that. Um, and I say the same thing for quantum computing, right? Um, that would be the same as saying, you know, the GPU chip has created more issues than there is, uh, you know, benefits. We're creating new types of technology that are going to be used for quite a few different reasons, but mostly for good, right? Okay. Now, uh, I, I try not to overhype technology myself because I know that's an issue that many people have with quantum computing, right? I've seen the Gartner hype cycle, and I'm trying not to be the peak of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. The, the inflated expectation. But there will be a point where, you know, due to the advancements of quantum computing's abil uh, you know, ability to help poor technologies like optimization algorithms, like machine learning, you know, artificial intelligence, you're going to see benefits for uh, climate change. Right. Better tracking of weather. You're going to see kind of the uh, down uh, down cycle applications to all of these algorithms being improved. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be ubiquitous at some point. We're gonna yeah. see a little bit of quantum computing in everything around us. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I realize that too. I, I was talking to um, uh, Bruce Schneier. Do you know Bruce? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and he really hates cryptocurrency, but he says. It's here. It's it's going on, and we're not going to get away from it. So we just need to learn how to live with it. And I think the same thing is going to be the issue with um, uh, quantum computing. It's it's coming. We have to learn to deal with it. And I yeah. think I think what you're doing in protecting quantum IP is probably a really good idea at this time. 
So I wish you well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, we uh, Classic as a company, we're definitely doing that ourselves, right? Protecting intellectual property. But um, I can definitely see where, where you're standing, right? You report a lot on security. And so if you're definitely in that sphere, yep. what you're seeing is, is the fear of quantum computing, right? And not so much uh, quite a bit of the, the applications that a lot of other industries are seeing and not the, uh, the pain points of. Well, that was Eric Garcel of Classic, an IP protection company for uh, quantum computing companies. And uh, the last point is probably the most important part. Uh, sometimes we just have to get a little bit more understanding to dissipate our fear. And that's what we're trying to do here. So thanks for listening to Crucial Tech. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can contact me at the magazine at cyberprotectionmagazine.com. Again, that's cyberprotection-magazine.com. Or you can leave a one-minute uh, audio uh, comment on the uh, podcast at anchor.fm slash crucial tech. This has been Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production.